Jewish Money Matters episode 260, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, Friday, July 8th. I'm back with an Ask Yael. What a week. I mean, I hope you had a good 4th of July. Um, Let me give you a little bit of the behind the scenes around here. Monday's episode didn't air because we had a technical issue, but no worries. My husband saved the day and I contributed, of course, but really he's the editing hero around here. And that interview will air Monday, got willing. We're also airing a few mini-sodes again throughout the weeks this summer. First one aired yesterday. It's on the difference between faith and trust. Let me know if you like those mini-sodes. I know I've done them in the past and we've gotten mixed, you know, mixed opinions on those, but I I like them. Let me know what you what you think. We have a few more coming and um, all this while I managed to send two kids off to camp, thank God, which is a pretty exhausting feat, but all for good reason. And I'm also working on a few exciting projects, but I have to admit I'm taking them all at a very relaxed summer pace, which is not like me. And I'm still okay with that. I've decided that I don't have to rush. I don't have to hustle. Things take time and that's okay. I'm liking it. I'm liking the summer pace. I'm liking spending more time with my family. Um, Now two kids are gone. So it's just a few of us in the house. It'll be really nice. I'm curious if everybody else also slows down, down in the summer. Let me know. Let me know how you manage work and everything else in the summer. All right. So Let's tackle some questions from the mailbag. As I thank you for the questions, by the way, so many good questions around here. And as I said, I'm trying to tackle them all in a promptly fashion. Um, there will be some co-host hopefully soon um, for some specific questions that I thought merited, warranted bringing somebody on. Um, um, but first, before we tackle today's questions, let's go over to the Apple Podcast Review section. We have a review from Maddie Star 123457 from June 27th. So pretty recent. She says, great podcast with practical and spiritual financial advice. Yeah, Elle is amazing. Her podcast helps Jewish women understand personal finance. I love how she incorporates Bitachon, trust in Hashem, as part of her financial advice. Her podcast finds the perfect balance between the spiritual and the physical to make money a force for good. Thanks, Yael. Wow, Maddie Star, one, two, three, four, five, seven, six, five, six, seven. <laughs> Thank you for the lovely review. I'm glad you you're getting the gist of the show. Um, if you're newer on here, welcome. But it sounds like you you've been he- listening for a while because you get it. So let's get together. Send me a DM on Instagram at Yael Trush or an email Yael at Yael Trush, and let me know that you are the Maddie Star one two three four five six seven who left the review, and I will promptly send you a link to schedule a twenty minute call for us to connect. All right. The first question is from anonymous, and the question is on a money date. She says, regarding the money date, Yael, can I skip the money story step? And for now, I'm planning on doing a money date or a few or all myself without husband. Okay. So before I answer her, let me just give you a little bit of background. I believe she's probably referring to my money date guide where I do give you some questions to journal on that help you get an understanding and an awareness of what your money story is so that you can then 
share with your spouse and understand each other a little bit better when it comes to money and build that empathy piece. This, you know, this is even before you start tackling the numbers, which inevitably you will. That's part of the money date, right? And that's part of regular money management. But um, and by the way, if anybody is interested in that, you can download it at yaeltrush.com forward slash money date. And I will say grab it now because if you're curious, because I'm about to change it. I'm, I'm really seriously thinking of changing this, um, changing it to a file or a, a, a resource that might be a little bit easier for you to handle and that you feel the wins faster. Because I'm feeling that while I love this one, and I think it's fabulous and super robust. At the same time, I'm suspecting that some of you might download it and start working on it and might be hitting a lot of resistance, which is natural. So I'm trying to come up with something a little bit more bite sized and that takes you through the adjustment to, of, you know, adjusting to the money date routine uh, and process in a slower fashion so that you don't, you you, you feel a win faster and don't hit that resistance where you need somebody to hold your hand. And I get that. So again, all that to say that if you want to, or if you're curious and want to try that, you can head over to ltrush.com forward slash money date before I change it into a little bit of a different resource. It's always going to be on the money date, but I might change it a bit. Um, again, whatever you want. But uh, I think this one is amazing. I'm just feeling like I want to change it up a bit and give you something that perhaps is a little feels more accessible and feels like it's less work for you and still gives you valuable wins. So all that to say, I'm guessing she's been working through this money date guide. And she's feeling like I just want to skip the step and I want to go straight to the numbers. Okay. So the answer to your question anonymous is yes, yes, you can. But just be aware that that will be what I like to call the short, long road. And I'd much rather you take the long, short road, really. Um, If you're planning to do money dates without your husband, which is something that you said you might end up doing, and you're like, well, you know, I I can take care of the numbers piece um, and the organization piece. Let me just encourage you to kind of slow down here and at the very least, let him know that you're doing this, that you're taking care of this piece, but as a pre-step to set you both up for a money date. So I don't want you to discard the idea of a money date with your husband and be the one who now just takes over this whole thing. Um, If you feel like you have to be the one to get the organization piece ready and the numbers piece ready so that then you can kind of like... tackle this and it goes smoother, still let him know that that's what you're doing. But it's a pre-step to the new process, meaning you're doing it in order to help you both. And that you then want to share with him and get his feedback and involve him so that then you can divide and conquer. I don't want you to fall into the trap of taking the reins and leaving him out. And or, or, you know, thinking, oh, well, well, he's not good at this anyway, and somebody has to do it. So I might as well be the one who does it. Because again, this is the short, long way. Eventually, you both need to get to a place where you understand how you're dividing responsibilities, what your goals are, what you have, what you don't have, and can talk about your finances and manage them together with confidence. Um, even though one of you is going to have certain responsibilities that the other's not going to have, you have to have that 
feeling that you're in the same page and you're understanding things in the same way. You don't want it to be that one of you is the one who has sole control over areas, financial areas, and leaves the other one in the dark, which really is means ultimately they're handicapped and they're unable to manage something finance related if and when the need arises. Remember, we're going here for transparency and unity. It's not for an equal division of labor 50-50. We're really what we're going for is a transparency and a unity and a confidence and a comfort. But the transparency and the unity is very important. So play your cards with that end goal in mind. Now, if what you mean is that you're planning on skipping your own money story part and getting straight to the numbers on your own, again, it's the short, long road. You can do that, but you will find that if you stall in your goals, if you, you know, if you're not moving forward with your goals, whether those be increased income or debt repayment or whatever they may be, it probably ultimately is because you haven't worked on the money story piece. So just be mindful of that and try to go back to some of the exercises and create that self-awareness that will help you move forward. All right. So let me know if you have any follow-up questions and thank you so much for the question. Okay, the next question is from Anonymous. Also, um, a little bit regarding the same topic, I'm going to reference the money date guide as well. And she says, I have thought many times about my early paradigm on money. An example, what my money message was growing up. I'm pretty sure, though, that I did away with those early ideas after getting to know a different reality. An example, I used to think only super modern Orthodox people could be rich. And if you're from, which means, I guess, more observant, you can't also be rich. But over my teenage years, I learned that that was not true. And I saw a different reality when I got to know from observant families who are wealthy and doing good things with their money. So how can I dig deeper and find where there are perhaps other memories slash messages that are still there that aren't aren't serving me and figure out how to reset my mind so that those negative or unhelpful messages can be gotten rid of? Or maybe there aren't any others. Thank you, Yael. First of all, Kolekavod for having such an amazing self-awareness and I'm glad that you found evidence for a new belief system or a new belief um, that, yeah, you can be completely observant and also be wealthy and be doing amazing things with your money. So, um, and, and your, your self-awareness is amazing. A, a good place to start would be watching your emotions, meaning if you feel emotionally charged about some behavior, an example, telling a client how much you charge or dropping your price before anyone asks for a discount checking out at the grocery grocery store, talking about money, um, and then take that as a signal that there is something there to explore, right? If, if you're feeling emotionally charged at a given instance, take that as, oh, the, there's something here, right? I love the technique of the body check-in um, and that, and we may have had Barry Tesler talk about it. I want to say in episode one, episode number one of this show, you might want to check that out. Um, she may have spoken about the body checking because I learned the body checking from Barry. And this is when you check in with your body before, during, and after any experience with money. It's a quiet moment where you tune into yourself and you check in. Where am I feeling a sensation? And what is that sensation? And you allow it to be there without judging it. You just notice it. You just notice what is the body trying to tell me because the body is trying to tell us something. Now, there may, might be many other negative messages, like you said, but perhaps they are not as dominant as the one that you've already worked on. And so they might show up um, 
at some uh, at different times, you know, it's like you're you're peeling layers, right? You're discovering new things. So don't push yourself like you don't have to now like be digging for something. Just allow allow it to be that, oh, this is interesting. I just identified something that I need to work on, right? Allow the feelings and even the sensations in the body tell you when there is something to explore, you know, that's happening in the mind, right? Um when you do feel those strong emotions around money, I suggest a few things. And in, these are not in, you know, in no particular order. Number one, journaling, I think journaling is fabulous journaling about what you're feeling and what your thoughts might be that is that are triggering those feelings. Number two, emotional freedom technique or tapping, we've talked about this on the show before, um, tapping around that feeling and the thought that you might be thinking that is triggering that feeling very, very effective, um, especially if done regularly. Number three, a process of inquiry. And I'll reference here episode 131 with Hannah Mason, who is the one who taught me this process. Very, very valuable episode. You might also want to hear her with her husband. They both visited the show on episode 214. So episode 131 with Hannah Mason and perhaps even the one where she's with her husband, 214. But in a nutshell, the way inquiry works is when you're able to identify a belief that is really triggering you emotionally. An example, uh, I'm not safe, or I will never be wealthy, or I can't handle money, or whatever it might be. Write it down, and then you picture yourself in a particular situation where you were believing that, 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 that thought, right? And you ask yourself the following four questions. Number one, is it true? You have to give yourself a yes or no answer. Number two, am I absolutely sure that it's true? Again, yes or no. Number three, how do I react when I believe that thought? And you're going to describe the emotions, the physical sensations, the behaviors, everything that's happening at that moment. Because remember, in your mind, you're in that particular situation where you're believing that thought. Then number four, you're going to take a deep breath and you're going to imagine yourself in that same situation without the thought. Imagine that it took the car keys and it left, right? So how am I without the thought? And now you're going to describe your emotions, your sensations, your behaviors without the thought. And then lastly, you're going to turn it around. You're going to take the thought and you're going to turn it around by changing one word to make it the opposite. So let's say, you know, I am safe, right? Let's say your thought was, I'm not safe. So it's, I am safe. Or let's say your thought was, I will never be wealthy, so your thought is, I will never be poor, right? You change just one word, the word wealthy for poor, right? Or I, let's say your thought was, I can't handle money. So now it's, I can handle money. So then you want, you turn it around and then you look for at least three pieces of evidence why this new belief, the turnaround is actually true. And if you can find more evidence, even better, because remember, you've been stacking up a lot of evidence to support your other belief, right? Then you write down, a final step is really to bring it down to action as you write down how you will actualize the turnaround, right? You write down those ideas and you commit to them. Okay, so that's the process of inquiry. You can learn more um, in the episode with Hannah Mason. Other options of things that you can do to reset your mind, as you say, are you can create affirmations and you can say them daily, at least morning and evening, especially looking at yourself in the mirror. That's really, really powerful. Make sure there are statements in the present tense and about you. Um, alternatively, you can create affirmations, which has a different twist on the affirmation. And these are questions that you design to help your brain find the evidence. So instead of the affirmation, I am worthy of money, you would do the question, 
Why am I worthy of money? You're basically allowing your brain to get you where you want to be. And so affirmations can be a little bit trickier than than affirmations because when you feed yourself a statement, your brain might automatically say, yeah, right, I don't buy it, right? Look how many times you've blah, 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 right? It's going to give you all the evidence. Well, you're just, this is just not true and you're just fooling yourself, right? But affirmations allow your brain to look for the evidence because it's, it's, it's a question. So listen, you can play with both and see which one feels better for you. And then lastly, you can also take the money date guide. You can do the exercises. You can do the money mad libs that are there and the true and false specifically those really give, you know, you'll see what you can, what you discover there. And then you can of course, engage in any of the practices that I just mentioned to try to minimize the power of whatever belief you discovered um, might be true for you at the moment after doing those exercises. And you can find that at yaeltrush.com forward slash money date. All right, let me know how that goes. Thank you so much for the question. Okay, and our last question also from Anonymous, this one is regarding business, something I can relate to and maybe a lot of my listeners can relate to. She says, I've been trying to build my business for a few years, but between COVID and two more kids, it hasn't happened the way I wanted it to. So it's not really off the ground at all i.e. one client and no real leads to get more. But I have to go to work because we desperately need the steady income. I'm so bitter about becoming someone else's employee, something I wanted to avoid the rest of my life. Hence, I opened my own business. I wish I could just do all these money mindset courses and other things I want to do, but we're so out of money and in debt and already borrowed a lot, etc. How can I get through this hard time with the right mindset? And or what should be my next step? Maybe we should just go more into debt for a few months while I get really serious about the business building. I don't know. It's been such a hard year, two trips to the US, having a baby, um, just having this type of midlife crisis where I feel zero fulfillment about my day to day life. And I really just cried a lot from emptiness and lack of connection going into a job working for someone else with semi inflexible hours is the last thing I need, but I just have to do it. Don't I? Am I right? Okay. Oh my goodness. My anonymous friend, I feel your pain. And I think every female business owner feels your pain. We've all been there and it does take a lot more time than it anticipate that we anticipate. And it does take a lot more courage than perhaps we thought. And it looks so easy from the outside, but, um, you know, building the the results, it takes a while. And of course it takes, you know, God's help. And so we have to, you know, constantly lean on that. Um, but it can be a really lonely journey. Um, and, um, so give yourself a little bit of grace. I know the financial pressure is a lot. Um, but I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to, um, look at this from a different perspective. You say, but I just have to do it. My answer to that is no, you don't. <laughs> you don't have to do anything that makes you miserable. If do is Hashem besimcha, we have to serve Hashem with joy. And I know it seems like you're in this place where, okay, I just have to go get a job because we need the money. But I just, I give a lot of pushback to that. And we've, I've been in that situation. We've all been in that situation. And I'm so grateful that I didn't fall for that. Let me just tell you like this, just because the business didn't take off till now, does not mean that you should give up on your dream. So of course, this this requires a conversation with your husband. This also requires a conversation with your mashpia. Um, but I'm just giving you my opinion, okay? I would really, really question what you're believing that 
that isn't making the business work? I mean, is it that you believe you need a perfect website? Is it that you believe there aren't any clients? Is it that you believe that people are going to think you're gritty or desperate by going out there and talking about your business or selling them stuff? My guess is that if you're not making money in your business, the problem is not a business problem, like I said before, but 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 a courage problem. And that's usually the case for all of us. This is not you. It's all of us. It happens to all of us. So there's there's this point where we just have to stop worrying about what our aunt thinks or our high school friends might think and just go out there and talk unapologetically about what we do and what we offer. And additionally, as I've said several times on the show, we have to get validation on the offer. If the offer, the way it's packaged is not resonating with people, then ask why not? What would work? Listening to our potential customers is a very, very important part of starting and growing a business. It's okay to keep pivoting and iterating, but just don't give up. You say you have one client. Did you get testimonials from that client? Can you sit with them and ask them what else would they need? What would they like to see different? And take that feedback to go validate the next iteration of your offer. You say, you know, there's no leads to get more. Well, there's billions of people on the planet. Are you talking to the people who have the pain point that you solve? Do they know you offer those solutions? Are you being super clear and specific in your messaging? Um, How can you offer it in a way that is more attractive to them? What are others in your industry doing? What of those things that others are doing feel good to you as a business owner, right? You know, remember, you can't build it and expect them to come. You have to let them know you're building it. And I said building it intentionally because it doesn't have to be fully built for you to start getting paid for it. We fly the plane while we're building the engine. So I would say the energy that you're spending frustrated at the thought of going back to work and looking for employment, I'd rather see you deploy it into getting out there and talking to that current client and talking to new potential clients and marketing yourself and getting more clients. And the last piece that I'm going to say, I think it's actually really, really important. I'm going to ask you, do you have a support group of women, mothers who are also business owners? I think that is crucial, such a crucial piece. And I don't think it's emphasized enough. The brainstorming of ideas, the sharing of what works, what doesn't work, the feedback, the empathy, it can really, really do wonders. Um, So I hope that's encouraging. I don't want to dismiss the fact, obviously, that I know it's hard. Um... And I'm not saying you should get yourself into more debt, but I'm just trying to reframe your frustration with the business. Number one, validating it, it's so real, but telling you, letting you know that you can stick through it. And perhaps a lot of the things that I mentioned, you haven't thought through or you haven't worked through. And if you spend energy and time working through those, you might see the results and you might gain the momentum that you're looking for. Hopefully that works. Hopefully that helps. Keep me posted. And thank you so much for the question. And just know that you can always reach out. Don't feel alone. And see if you can find that support group of friends or women. They might not be friends yet, but they'll become your friends who are in a similar journey. And that's a wrap, ladies. Thank you for all the wonderful questions. Keep them coming. Thank you to Maddie Star 1234567. I 
think that was your name on Apple Podcasts for the reason review. Looking forward to connecting. Um, looking forward to that. If you have any questions, ladies, please reach out via DM on Instagram at Yael Trush or email Yael at Yael Trush or you can WhatsApp me at 832-317-6778. That will give you the ability to leave a voice note if that's easier. I'm here to answer your questions. Thank you so much for keeping me on my toes, keeping me thinking and keeping the show relevant because really that's what the questions do. They keep the show really relevant. They keep it fresh. They make us be aware of what is currently in people's mind. What are we all struggling with? Because if you're struggling with it, chances are most of us are struggling with it. So let's keep asking those questions. Also, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review and rating on the Apple Podcast platform. It really is the best way to and help the show grow, of course, you can always hit that share button and share episodes with a friend who might enjoy them as well. And remember, I pull a review every Friday on the Ask Yale episodes, and I give the reviewer a free 20 minute session. Um, so that's always neat and fun. And I look forward to the next episode. The next episode is actually before Ask Yale, we're going to have Rabbi Shmuel Reichman here this coming Monday. And we're planning, as I said, more mini-sodes. See you next week. Have a Shabbat Shalom.